Hey, welcome to the Timmy Riggs Podcast, Life in the Meantime. I'm excited about this episode. It is a sermon that I recently did, basically on the idea of what is love. We have a lot of things out there telling us what love is, but uh, I hope that you enjoy it and maybe you can learn something. If you do like it, I'd love for you to subscribe, give me a rating, let me know what you think, and share it with your friends. All right, enjoy. Thank you. Um, yeah, seriously, I'm going to bring that Slurpee right to your class. So I don't care what the teacher's teaching on. I'll come in. I'll take over. Uh, welcome, guys. Welcome to church. Glad you're here. Are you glad you're here? Good. Uh, it's cold outside, 29 degrees. And um, the, the water bottles that we're going to drink tonight, I just bought them earlier in the day, and I was like, I don't even need to ice them. I'm just going to leave them in my truck bed. So that's what I did. And uh, yeah, you know, like weird information to give you. Anyway, uh, welcome. You know, this is what I believe. I believe that you can be skeptical of what we believe, but maybe be like, man, but I love how much you love me and just want me to be here and hang out with me. And that is all it takes for you to belong. So you can be figuring out what you believe and you don't have to have it figured out to be able to come in here. So we love you no matter what. And we're glad that you're in this room because I be- believe that you belong in this room. And tonight we're going to have fun, okay? I'm going to do, you know, I'll tell a little story. We'll talk about Jesus. We'll sing some more and then we'll go eat snacks. So that's, that's how we usually do things here. And so whether it's your first time or you're always here, I'm glad that you're here. So... Uh, We're going to talk about love tonight, and uh, I believe that there's so many different things out there that want to tell you what to believe about love, whether it's the movies or songs, or I think all of culture always has a different type of like, well, now this is the standard, this is what love looks like, and I think sometimes we can get a little confused. So tonight, we're going to talk about it in the way that I believe that God wants us to see. So go to your Bibles, and uh, we're going to be in Mark Eight. I love the book of Mark. Here's why. It's fast. So, the, but this is this is true. I'm not just being funny. Like the book of Mark is. He always says like immediately and then right away, quickly. So for me, like I'm kind of fast, right? So I like reading it because Matthew and Luke are a little bit more detailed. They're longer. Mark is is condensed. He gets to the point, and I like that. So in Mark eight thirty one through thirty three. This is what we're going to see. Jesus is talking to uh, his boys, the disciples, and in that is Peter, right, of course. And he says right before what we read, he goes, hey, well, he just healed a blind guy, helped him see, right? So, like, that's awesome. And then he goes, hey, who are people saying that I am? What are people saying about me? Um, so on. So they kind of say, well, some say that you're Elijah. Some say that you're a prophet, that you're just this guy, this rabbi, whatever. Um, and Jesus goes, okay, cool. Who do you think that I am? And Peter then says, well, you're the Messiah. And so then Jesus goes on to say, yeah, you're right. And then he tells them what's going to happen. So here we go. He then began to teach them the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed after three days he will rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside. Boss, over here. Took him aside, began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan. So harsh. And he said, you don't 
have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. God, thank you for your word tonight. Let us unpack it. And I believe in one way or another, this is going to show us how much you love us and how we are to love one another. And uh, I believe that. And again, whoever's in this room, no matter what they believe, whatever, like we... We just want them to know how much we care about them, and you want them to know how much you care about them. So thank you for your love and your grace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So I've shared, I can't remember, maybe some of you have heard it, I've talked about it in other areas, how Emma and I got together, right? Like the first time I saw her, I stalked her, I was super creepy, okay? Um, and before I even talked to her ever, really ever, I remember showing my roommates like when Facebook was just popping, right? I was like, dude, look at this girl, like I'm gonna marry her. And they're like, you're a psycho, right? So basically I end up dating her because that's what I expect. I manifest it, right? Like a visualization. So I, we eventually start dating and I don't know, like six months goes by. It's like the spring or so and uh, stuff is going good, right? It's kind of going too good. You're like, we never fight. And it's like, that might be an issue. Like you don't know how to talk about the problems, right? So uh, all of a sudden it kind of started getting to a point where uh, it was a little rocky. And like, you know, when you go maybe a little while and you're like, dude, we haven't talked, like this isn't good. She's just saying, okay, no emojis, no exclamation marks. Like this is not good, right? And so uh, that's what was happening. And then uh, it gets to this point where we haven't talked in like three days. And then she texts me. It's like a Monday morning. And she's like, hey, we need to talk tonight, period. Right? And you're like, oh, my God, worst fear, okay? And so I go to my RD at the time. And his name was Tim because two Tims together are better than one. And so we, we walk to Sonic. He actually meets me outside of uh, the hills. And he's like, hey, buddy, what's up? And I'm like, hey. Like, I'm already crying. And he's like, what's wrong? And he's a lot taller than me, so I was like a small child when he hugged me. And uh, I was like, well, I think Emma's going to break up with me today. And he's like, oh, man, let me hear about it. So we walk to Sonic, and um, he, we, we sit down. I kind of tell him everything that's going on, and he looks at me, and I'm like hopeful. He's like, you know what? I think this can be this can be." You can figure this out, right? No, he looks me in the eyes. He's like, dude, yeah, she is definitely breaking up with you tonight. And I was like, oh, that, okay, yeah. Like, somehow it made me feel better. I'm like, you're so right. Like, she is. Like, and um, so I'm, like, laughing about it, right? And we go on. He had, he had lived through a similar situation. And so it gets to that time. And I'm taught literally every single person I see, I'm like talking to them where 15 minutes goes by and they're like, by the way, who are you again? Like, I'm like, well, I'm just some guy who's about to get dumped. That's all you need to know. So I go, I get in the car, we're driving around and you know, it's, it's heavy, it's heavy in there. And I'm crying like a baby. She's like, pull yourself together. No, she's crying too, right? Like it's, and uh, I'm kind of just like, I literally go, um, listen, Remember that time I saw you? I knew we were supposed to get married. I think that means something. And she's like, are you serious? And I was like, yeah. And like other people tell us how great we are. And she's like, Timmy, that doesn't mean that we're supposed to be, like we can't leverage our marriage on you seeing me in a food court one day. Like that doesn't mean that you, we just automatically love each other, right? And obviously look who was right, <laughs> me. But like, <laughs> I'm just kidding, okay? So. She's saying, and I'm literally, I'm like, I, I'm saying okay, because that's what I needed to do in the time. But I still, at the moment, was like, no, I'm pretty sure we're supposed to be together, you know? Like, and uh, so 
in that situation, basically, I just wasn't getting it, right? Like, I wasn't fully understanding. Like, yes, those things really happen, and I really do that they think that they're an important part of our relationship. But no, that wasn't the me seeing her and catching my eye on her. Like, that wasn't what really made us love each other and wasn't what ultimately led us uh, to being in love and getting married. So again, the situation here is that I just couldn't understand it. I couldn't grasp, like, how do you not understand this? So I'm thinking about it like this. Have you ever given somebody directions, right? It does. It rarely happens because you're just like, here's the address. I copied and pasted it into the text, plug it into your thing. But sometimes if they're like, oh, I built a new house. The address isn't up yet. You know, you're like, oh, crap. I got to tell you an old-fashioned way how to get there. Like, I don't even remember my right and lefts anymore. So... You tell them and you feel like the instructions are really clear and you call them and they're like, hey, I'm 30, I'm 30 minutes out. And you're like, what? Like you left 10 minutes ago. Well, I'm only 12 minutes away. You know, and they're like, oh, I'm, I don't know. And so they get there finally and you figure out that it's like you said, hey, when you get to, to Western in May, why don't you turn right? And they were like, OK, sounds good. And they did that. But. Maybe there needed to be more details. Like maybe you needed to know were they on Western or were they on May? Because that can really change the direction that they go. So it's really important to know where they were coming from and to know where they were coming from. So when I think with love, we know and we can, we can cite it like God is love. God tells us to love our neighbor. And, and the best thing to do first is, is kind of the golden rule, like love God and love people. And the trick is if we love people, then we're loving God because if we love what God loves, well, and then we're like so confused, right? And, and it's hard because you're like, hmm, what does that love look like? And I think what's important is we need to know where our definition, our thoughts, our beliefs about love come from. Because if we don't know where they come from, then we may think that we're heading the right direction and may find ourselves way off course. And I also think sometimes there's that idea of like, hey, live and let live, brother. You know, like we're going to figure it out. Like, you know, you, you can have your own definition. I can have my own definition of love. Mm, that's how wars get started, right? Like that doesn't really work. Like that's going to cause an argument. Like I could be like, Emma, for you to love me, you need to cook my food, my dishes, all this, do all that stuff for me, right? Like that's what love is to me. She'd be like, yeah, no way, right? So if we have opposing views of what love could be, it's going to cause a problem. It's going to cause calamity. So what's going on here with Jesus and Peter ultimately is that Jesus and Peter, their beliefs and their ideas about what love looks like and where it's coming from is different. So Jesus is telling them, hey, uh, who do you guys think that I am? And Peter comes out with the right answer. You are the Messiah, Jesus. You're the Messiah. Which, what does the Messiah mean? So Peter was a Jewish person, and for years they were expecting their next David. We remember a guy named King David who, who beat Goliath, became king. He was one of the only, like, really, really good kings for all of Israel, even though we know how many bad mistakes he made, right? So they were expecting another king like him to liberate them from their next Goliath, which was Rome and all these other powers. And so they're just waiting patiently, kind of following in line with Rome, but really they're frustrated by him and they're expecting what they believe the Messiah to be, the Christ. And this is going to be someone that comes in on a horse, right? Like with chariots behind them, they're going to look just like the Romans and they're going to take over by force and they're going to lead like a military leader 
Spirit would lead. So that's what would have been the expectation for the Messiah. And so when Peter says, oh, you're the Messiah. Yeah, we know that. In his mind, he's thinking, and we're about to kick some butt and take over. Like, that's what we're going to do. And that's why we see that moment where then Jesus goes, yeah, so you're right, Peter. And as the Messiah, I must be rejected. Kings don't get rejected. I must suffer. Mm, That doesn't make a lot of sense. Kings live the best life. I actually am actually going to die. Nope, that doesn't work with my plan, Jesus. I want to have a place in the palace too. And if you die, good chance I'm going to die. But also, you're a leader, bro. Like, Jesus, come here. Right, like they least step aside. He literally, that's what he says. Like turned them other ways. Like, hey, I know. Like sometimes you get some weird things that you say. You know, I just. What if you just said them to me, and then we tell everybody else the good stuff, right? Like just saying to me, like I'll be your filter, right? Like, and and Jesus goes, Peter, you, you don't get it. You still don't get it. Peter, this isn't so much about me coming in and saying, hey, now the Israelite people, we're going to take over. We're going to be in charge. We're going to rule with authority. No, he's saying, Peter, I'm coming in. I'm changing the game completely. And now it's not just one race. It's not just one group of people that have this color skin. It's not just these people with that type of language. This is for all people, Peter. I'm changing the game, man. This is a new type of love. You don't understand. I'm the Messiah, not in the way that you think. I'm doing a new thing. You need to get behind me, bro. Like, I would, he even calls him Satan. Harsh. Get behind me, Peter. Because I'm, I'm doing something new. And so how do we understand? Like, this is a picture of love? Like, this is what love looks like? Yeah, Jesus just said, hey, I'm going to take on suffering. I'm going to take on rejection. I'm going to take on death. When we hear, like, Jesus took on the sins of the world of, at the cross, sometimes we can be like... Okay, my pornography addiction, my drug addiction, my inability to have a good attitude, my stress, my depression. Like, great, like just mine. Like, yeah, but a whole lot more. Literally, he took on all of the rejection that has ever been, that is, and will be. He took on all the suffering that has been, that is, and will be. And he took on all the death that has been, is, and will be. In that moment, he's saying, I... Things have changed, Peter. They're going to change. People aren't going to have to go through it alone anymore. And, and so we see in John 15, 13, uh, explicit, right? So at first it's, okay, Jesus is doing these things. What's the, what's the real point? Like you said you're the Messiah, but you said you're going to die. We see in John, let's throw that up. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Peter, let me tell you what real love looks like, man. Because you're just not getting it. You're thinking about you, your individual life. Because, like, that's great. If you leave it at, hey, you're the Messiah, you're Jesus, you're, you're the king of my life, right? Which maybe we've all said that. Maybe that's even what we were feeling in worship. But yet, we're still thinking, how can... Jesus improved portions of my life. And it's like, no, no, God has come to give you an entirely new life and to do it to all people. And we want to emulate that and lay our lives down just like him. That's how we're to love each other and to love those outside of this room. So 
if you've grown up in the church at all, you're like, yeah, yeah, good, good, Tim. It's a good sermon. Uh, we repeat, just like Jesus, just pick up our cross, you know, let's, let's die, right? But it's like, we know that that's, yes, like there are still areas in the world where that does happen. It does look like that, but maybe, maybe it's different for us because tomorrow you're going to wake up, you're going to go to class, you're going to get your Starbucks, you're going to go with your friends to the Chick-fil-A, right? Like I name all the classic going to go to the mall. You're going to do your thing. You're going to figure out how to navigate relationships. You're just going to live life normal, which is great. That's what God wants us to do. But what does that look like to lay down our life as believers? As people say, I'm going to live this out tomorrow. I'm going to live it out tonight. And without it just being like, yes, I'm ready, God. Whenever you need me to step in front of that bus and push my friend out, I'll do it, right? And it's like, well, maybe there's something more to it. So let's jump to a more concise definition that we can walk out of the room and begin to live it as of right now. So we'll see in 1 Corinthians 13, 7. 1 Corinthians 13, um, where do we hear it a lot at? Weddings. Bingo. Slurpee for me, okay? We hear it at weddings. It's not just about marriage. The, the 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 13, is Paul writing to these Corinthians, human beings like us who have to go to work, who have to keep their candles lit, right? They have to have oil for it. They have to have flour for their pita bread. Like, they have to figure out how to do nor pick up their kids from gladiator school. Like, they are figuring this stuff out. Normal life. Like, it's not just like, oh, yeah, let's get married. Like, there's so much more to it. So... Here's what it says. Paul says, remember this. This is, this is halfway in because it's verse 1 through 13 that he gives the entire picture of what love is. And so 7, I think, kind of encompasses a lot of it. And he says, love bears all things. It believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Sounds good. What's it mean, Paul? Bears all things. There's this... The, the Greek language of it would have meant bare. It would have been kind of like a roof to conceal, to cloak, to cover. So it's this idea of, hey, my love should be played out in our relationship like a roof. So what I'm going to do is when you're going through a hard time and you confide in me or something's going on and other people are beginning to wonder and ask questions, I'm going to be like, I don't know. I'm just here to love my friend. Ah, well, they're working through it, but I'm just, I'm just going to be a roof. I'm going to cover. You know, that means hail, lightning, rain. And sometimes that might be hard as the person choosing to love the person on the other end. But when Paul's writing this, he's saying, listen, that's who we're to be. It's not you selling out your other friends. It's not getting information from this friend and running back over here to tell this one. No, no, it's, we're just going to cover it up. As believers, again, Let's be an example to those who are maybe skeptical. Man, Christian's crazy. Yeah, but boy, if you tell them something in confidence, they're going to hold on to it. Yeah, I know. I was going through it. You know, it might be somebody that you work with that they're just they're not, not a believer and, and, and you're just friends with them and they're telling you about something and you say, you know what, I'm going to, what can I do? How can I help? And that literally might be a shock. Let's be believers that choose to love this type of way. You know what? I'm rooting for Kanye, right? I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But it's pretty explicit to say Jesus is king, right? So whatever it is, I want to be a roof. So the next part, he says, 
believes all things. Love believes, like covers. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a root for you. But I'm also going to believe the best. I'm going to choose that when I meet you, I'm just going to give you the confidence of, huh, you're telling me the truth. You know, like, like trust isn't earned, it's given. And then, you know, sure. Like, you got to figure out, like, I'm not just going to pick somebody up on the side of the street and be like, hey, you want to watch my kid? Like, no, I'm going to have a relationship with them and, and so on. But it's, I'm going to just believe the best when I meet you. I know, I've heard some things about you, but I'm going to believe that God's got other plans in your life. And this is hopes all things. Hopes for all things. It's just, just you know what, I'm just, I'm just hoping that this situation's going to turn around. And when we cover that with covering, right, bearing, and, and believing, and hoping, we start to see something magical. And then the last one is love endures all things. It endures all things. And, and for me, when I think, like, this could be your, you don't say the person's name out loud, but maybe there's a professor that you have that during class is hyper boring, Right? And you're literally like, I just have to endure this class. And then we can go to Top Golf or whatever. If I just endure this moment, if I endure this conversation, it'll be fine. No, no. What Paul was saying here is this is a type of endure that's like, oh, it's about to get real. All right, let's go. It's it's battle ready. It's putting on the armor. It's making sure that, hey, it's Fernandia, right? Like it's this, like we're going to move forward. I'm not just going to take it. It's not just a suffering. Like I'm choosing to be in the fight. That's what love looks like. So it's not this, oh man, you made me mad. We're done. We're done, right? Like, no, it's okay. I don't understand why that happened, but I want to move forward. And in the midst of it, I want to cover you up. I'm going to believe that it's going to get better. And I'm going to hope so hard in my heart that the best is yet to come. That's what love looks like. It's, it's not live and let live. It's I'm going to cover you up. We're going to walk through it. There might be discipline involved, right? And, I, and the reason I want to be this person is because I want those people around me. And the best way that you can change your environment is to begin the ch to be the change. You might be thinking, yeah, Timmy, this sounds great, but it's too good to be true. It is, and it was for a long time. But we have to look no further than the cross. Because you might be like, what is it? You know, what's the cross? It's Jesus saying, hey, compassion's pretty rare. Grace is pretty rare. The ability to forgive is pretty rare. And yet a lot of people live in isolation, in rejection, in suffering. I'm tired of it because I don't want them to live that way anymore and to feel alone while they're going through it. So I'm going to go through it with them, Peter. That's what I want you to begin to realize. I'm taking on suffering, not just because, oh, you know, maybe I should hurt myself too. No, I'm taking on forever. So right now in 2019, when I'm going through it, I can be like, God, so did you. You know what it feels like. You've been there. You've walked in my shoes. Ah, oh, I wish I was past it, but, but maybe I can endure it and I can push on because your love seems like it's enough. Peter, I'm doing a new thing. I'm everybody's Messiah. And it comes from a place of love, not from a place of 
want control and power. God's love is the most powerful thing that there is when we tune into it, when we live into it. Can you imagine how things will begin to change in your life? And at first, you know, it might be like, well, that's, you're choosing to be weak. You're not confronting it. Do you think covering it is not confronting it? Are you kidding me? No, I'm going to have that tough conversation with the person that I love. I'm going to believe and hope for the best. It's like maybe dealing with a friend who, who's an alcoholic or a parent that's an alcoholic and just kind of being like, you know what? I'm not going to give up. I'm losing some faith that, that you're going to be able to beat this. I've kind of even lost some hope, right? Because we see the last part of 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says this. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these, love, that is to say that when the believer is losing some faith, my, my belief is actually a little weak and I don't have a lot of hope that it's going to get better. We can choose to continue to say, hey, but I'm going to walk with you through it. I don't know how you're going to get it better, but I'm right here. That as a believer, in the midst of it, when we feel alone, when we feel isolated, we know that Jesus has been there too. And he's looking down on us and saying, I love you. I care about you. I'm extending my grace. Will you stand with me? I want to have that in my life. You know, it's easy to, to not want to, be a roof for somebody and it's easy not to want to push through and have the hope and have the endurance but I want to be that and I just believe that the more we ask God to do that in our lives we we see it happen and we talk to those close hey I want to be that you know I, I don't care what anyone thinks I want to, to do that so you know we're going to continue to worship and again you might be like yeah I'm not sure if I believe all that stuff Tim that's fine let's let's at least say the love part's pretty good so I'm, I'm shooting to be that type of person.